Welcome to Sasquatch Ate My Baby. I'm Dave, that's Kate. Hi, friends. And the soup of the day is duck. What's up? What's up? Quack. <laughs> Quack. Um, so we're going to try and be super professional right now, and mm-hmm. we're going to plug some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your Instagram and Twitter and shit? You can find me at Catalina Holt, K-A-T-E-L-I-N-A-H-O-L-T, on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Dave White 1990. No low end anymore. Things are simple. Dave White 1990. I feel sorry for all the people uh, back on episode two looking up low end 1990 <laughs> right now. Fuck those people. They should be caught up. Um, also, you can email us at sasquatchatemybaby at gmail.com. You can find our Instagram at sasquatchatemybaby, our Twitter at sasatemybaby. Uh, what else? Our is Facebook oh, is at Sasquatch Ate My Baby. Yeah, I should probably update that every now and then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there you go. Uh, send us some stories and shit because we have an email. Do it. Do it. Uh, Ghost stories. Oh, I thought you were telling me to say it again. I'm like, you already said it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do it. What no, do you mean? <laughs> I'm telling them to do it. Those people in the world. The listeners. Um... What else we got? I forgot what we're supposed to do now. We were <laughs> professional for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, listeners, uh, do you have some bare walls? Are you a connoisseur of fine arts? If so, head over to our Instagram and check out some art that we recently acquired for the podcast studio. And then head over to the artist page at Brad Reef. That's at B R A D R E E F on Instagram. He's a badass artist. Mm-hmm. You can check out, yeah, like you said, the one we purchased. I like to call it genre art because it's Sasquatch themed. You call it what art? Genre. Genre art. Yeah, like horror right. flicks, except for it's Sasquatch art. Okay. He's got other stuff too. Yes. He's pretty talented. Like check out, there's one on there. It's on a piece of plywood like the one we bought and it's of an elk. It's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I might buy it. Probably not because I don't have a lot of money. But it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's a future purchase if one of our listeners doesn't purchase it before us. Somebody should definitely buy it. It's badass. All right. Brad Reef, at Brad Reef, Instagram. Check him out. Mm -hmm. He's killer. Thanks for the art, Brad, Mm -hmm. if you're listening. And he responds very timely to his messages. messages. Yeah, the way, if you want to buy it from him, like we just kind of did some comments in his, on the picture that we wanted to buy. And uh, he responded from there. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. What else? Uh, we need to tease a little something we've got coming at the end. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. This is a very exciting day. Mm-hmm. We have our very first listener story to tell you. Um, and we've decided to leave it to the end because today we're talking about some pretty dark subjects. <laughs> Yeah, I got real bummed out. Yeah, but it is really exciting. Not the bummed out part, but the listener story. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) This listener story is off the charts. Yes. It's fantastic. Stick around, folks. Mm -hmm. And then also, because we are uh, doing some pretty dark topics, I have procured some lighthearted facts (laughs) to brighten the mood before and after or before and in between our stories that's good (laughs) 
So Dave, to start off, did you know that baby elephants suck their trunks for comfort? Like somebody sucking their thumb. Yeah. It's adorable. That's super cute. I don't really like elephants that much, but baby ones are pretty cute. What do you got against elephants? They're terrifying. <laughs> because you're little? Yes. I rode one of them when I was like four and when they still allowed them in circuses. Yeah, I did that. And I just, they're une- They're not meant to have people ride them. They could like trample <laughs> you in a second. It's, it's So could a horse. I'm not afraid of horses. But a horse could kill you. I'm also afraid of camels. That's like a weird horse. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I included this one because otters are my favorite. And it's actually two facts. So otters have a favorite rock that they store in a pouch underneath their armpit, their cute little armpits. Um, and they also hold hands while they're floating so they don't float away from while each other. sleeping. Oh, and they also tie their babies up in kelp, like little baby seatbelts, while they're off hunting so their babies don't float away. That's amazing. I love otters so much. <laughs> There's a family of otters that lives where I uh, fish in the summer. Take me to them. I mean, they're probably there right now. I want to be part of their family. <laughs> There's a place in California that you can go and you can like swim with river otters. And if they like you, they'll put rocks in your bathing suit. And if they don't like you, they'll bite you. Maybe. I just, I really want to do it so bad, but I love otters so much and... Other than dogs, they're probably my most favorite animal in the entire world. And I love them so much that I feel like if I got the opportunity to swim with them, I would just cry. <laughs> like even- I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> um, cows have best friends and get really distressed when they're separated. Cows do? Yeah. Cows seem so dumb, but... I guess not. Oh, and here's another one that I didn't actually write down, but I remember, is that sheep recognize facial experience, uh, expressions and really enjoy it when people are smiling. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for the dark stuff? No. I want to tell you about how I'm a fucking champion. <gasps> oh, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> we knew we were forgetting something. I'm a champion. Okay. I won like seven or eight games of beer pong straight. I'm pretty sure I almost died because I drank so much. I don't think I'll ever play beer pong again because Jesus Christ, I'm not a kid anymore. It hurts. Not even for the second impressions. I'll do that, but I'm not going <laughs> to do it like I did it. <laughs> you hear that? You heard it here first, folks. The champion is ready to retire. <laughs> I Go. won all the games. It, it sucked because you can't leave the table. You have to keep holding the table, which means you keep drinking. You're like, I'm so good. <laughs> exactly and so drunk and i only get better and i vomited <laughs> oh somewhere i'd remember doing it not sure where it happened <laughs> the host the next day uh goes to do um, their dishes and their dishwasher's it, full of vomit it might have been like outside their front door glassy i'm not really sure but sorry people i don't remember the names of <laughs> you just crashed a party <laughs> i was with my buddy and uh yeah me and him me and him were on a team mm-hmm. and we beat them constantly and at the end of the night me and him had to figure out who was actually the champion that was, was me <laughs> <laughs> and i phoned my buddy ryan in nova scotia at like two in the morning which would have been like what five in the morning for them six maybe six i don't know but so he's getting up around that time probably if he's got a job yeah i don't, I don't know what we talked about but I was texting him today, and he said that we had a double overtime, 
like me and Corey, mm -hmm. which means we did like a rack is 10 cups, right? Mm -hmm. And in our rules of overtime, you have to do a new full rack. Mm -hmm. So that means we did 30 cups of beer, just me and Corey's game, plus all the other racks I did. So there's a reason I almost died. That's a <laughs> lot of beer, yeah. I'd get through two and I'd be like, I'm good. I'm going to go take a nap now. <laughs> do you have a cat that I can cuddle? <laughs> no. <laughs> the cat's gone, Katie. Oh. All right. That's my story of being a champion. I'm very proud of it because I haven't played beer pong in a long time. Yeah. And it uh, might not happen again. And the mood is way up there now. Hmm? Now our mood is way up there. Yeah. Let's bring everybody right down. <laughs> Go. Hi, my name's Danica. And my name's Emma. And together we host Second, Second Impressions, Impressions, where we'll try anything twice. Each week we try something for the second time. We talk about what our first experience was like, how well we remember it, and how we've grown and changed. But mostly we talk about dumb stories from our youth and what beer we're drinking. So join us every Sunday on Second Impressions, available on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All right, so I'm going to tell you the stove. The sto oh, before we do this, what? you've been like teasing me with this the whole time, like for weeks, saying that I'll never have any idea who this person is. I'm really hoping I know exactly who it is, just to rub it in your face. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you the title of this story. I'm just going to tell you, we're going to start with the story of Joe Matheny. I don't know who that is. Okay. But that's not the murderer? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a surprise. Give, give it to me. Okay. So we meet Joseph Roy Metheny, and it's the early 90s. He is a 450-pound trucker. That's a big guy. Mm -hmm, with a criminal past. Like all truckers. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say. Except me. I was going to say, except my dad. But then, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> first tangent. <laughs> my dad has a story of when his youth, when he was walking home drunk from the bar, and he looked into a store window and said, I really like those boots. And he smashed the window, took them, and went. I don't know if that's a true story, but. <laughs> but he told you that story? Yeah. So it's probably true. Yeah. And then there was another story that yes. I, I think i've said it before where my dad um ran a motorcycle through someone's car window uh, i'm not sure you've talked about that okay uh so one time in our youth <laughs> <laughs> actually i think it was before i was born um because it was one of our classmates parents car oh uh, you might have talked yeah, about okay. this it so might my not have been on the show though my dad accidentally put a motorcycle through a car window and the police ended up coming anyways i found out later that this was actually my mom's birthday and my mom was so mad at my dad because she had to spend her birthday hiding his pot plants <laughs> before the cops got there <laughs> how things have changed yeah now nobody give a shit <laughs> <laughs> well if it's within the right amount of course <laughs> yes all right so he has a criminal past, and he's a little bit down on his luck at this time. What's the guy's name again? Joe Metheny. Joe. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so one night after one of his shifts, he comes home to discover his house has been cleaned out. His wife, um, who was an alleged crackhead, has taken all of their belongings and their child. Who was an alleged crackhead? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm not trying to point any fingers here. <laughs> okay. But I mean, probably. I mean, if you're a alleged crackhead, you're probably a crackhead. <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> so, 
So he's taken their belongings and their child. He's disappointed because, um, in his words, he would have given her everything if he had just left their child at his mother's. Okay. Okay. So he sets out to look for her, um, but never finds her. After about six months, he learns that she's shacked up with a guy across town. Um, she's selling herself on the streets and doing drugs with this other man. And because of their antics, they get their child taken away by social services. And Joe's unable to get the child back because of his criminal record past. Yep, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do we know what his criminal record was? Uh, No. Okay. Okay. He then um, serves 18 months in prison. um, And after his release, he makes a comeback. Why did he serve 18 months? This way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so his old boss gives him his job back. He also gets permission to stay in a trailer on the company's property. It's a little isolated, but Joe's okay with that. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds like my dad. Other than the 18 months, sir. <laughs> my dad's living in a trailer at his job's property somewhere on the mainland. I don't know where the fuck he works. So your dad lived on Salt Spring. He wor- lives on Salt Spring, but he works for weeks at a time on the mainland. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, during this time, he also opens a roadside food stand featuring open pit beef and pork sandwiches. In fact, it's going really well for him until he starts to run out of ingredients and he meets a woman named Rita Kemper. Okay. Yeah. Not related. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm really hungry and that sounded really good. Oh yeah. I feel like this is going to turn into a Sweeney Todd kind of thing. We'll see. So Rita is a sex worker that was invited over to Joe's trailer. Um, He begins to rip off her clothes. And then what happens next is that Joe begins to hit her. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He's the bad guy. (laughs) I tried to make you feel sorry for him. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) She screams, but due to the isolation of the trailer, no one can hear her. And he just laughs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he turns away from her for just a moment and this fucking badass check chick books it out the front door um, but not only is the property isolated it's also surrounded by a 10 foot fence with barbed wire at the top luckily for her though the company that he worked for was a wooden pallet company and there's a pile of wooden pallets beside the fence so she fucking just scales the shit (laughs) yeah jumps over the (laughs) fence and heads for the main road where she flags down a motorist who takes her to the nearest gas station to call the police a motorist yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think it was a man in a truck but i can't confirm that Get in my automobile, dear. Mm-hmm. So she claims to the police that Joe has tried to kill her and that, or, or attempted to kill her just like, and was going to bury her in the woods nearby just like the others. Oh, what? shit. So this is like the middle of a story. You just Tarantino me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> Well, a life of bad choices left me to a sex trade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Joe doesn't even try to escape at this point. He just walks to the um, gate and gets arrested. Um, So what led to this incident? I was going to say instrument. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back to when Joy, or Joy's, 
Wow, I can speak well. Joe's <laughs> wife left him in 1994. So hearing Let's about, about his it. wife and his new partner and her new partner, he goes out looking for them with revenge on his mind after learning about them losing his son. Um, having heard that the two sometimes do drugs with a couple homeless people underneath a bridge, a bridge that was actually called Tent City, um, the underneath area. And I was like, <laughs> what an interesting fact. <laughs> for those of you who aren't in the Nanaimo area, we currently have a discontent city um, that has some... It's, yeah, it's wildly it's, debated. It uh, almost burnt down today. Did it? Oh. Like, if you drive by it now. Well, it's, it's almost like burnt down a couple times. One of the tents got times. fucked up. Like, we had to, like, hold up traffic on the buses waiting for them to put out this fire of this tent. Interesting. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah. However, they were not there. Instead, two homeless men who they got hi- The two homeless men that they got high with were asleep on a mattress. Um... In Joe's later con- transcribed confession, I got most of this from Murderpedia, and I literally took it straight out of his confession. Okay. <laughs> like, the majority of my information. I think that's fair. Um, he said that they were passed out on some old stinking mattress, and that's where they were when I left, except they were dead from being chopped up. Jesus. Yeah, he, he's kind of hardcore. Like, dark. Yeah. Really shitty person. <laughs> My guy's pretty dark and hardcore, but he doesn't talk like that. This guy's... Yeah. Like, the whole time I was reading, I was like, rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, He must have, like... I mean, he's a big guy, 450 pounds. Mm-hmm. You feel like he'd be able to take that guy down just because of his size. He'd probably be really slow. Well, those two were sleeping. Uh, yeah, but the rest. I don't know how many there were. Well, oh, yes, I do. You're about to find I out. I do know how many there were. You gave me a hint yeah. before. <laughs> um, so he also, that same night, he also lured a woman that he described as a crack whore <laughs> under the bridge um, and got her high in an attempt to get information about the whereabouts of his wife. Uh, he cla- She claimed not to know whether she did or did not know. No one knows. Um, but Joe Metheny didn't believe her, so he beat her and raped her before killing her. He then hid her in some bushes and repeated the process with another woman that he calls the second bitch. Fuck, this guy's hardcore. Yeah, I know. He's like, not cool. No. I mean, if you're going to murder someone, at least respect them. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, only before he was able to discard this body, he noticed a man at the river fishing and looking back at him. So he picked up a steel pipe and split the man's head open. He then weighted the bodies of the two women and the men down with rocks and put them into the river. He washed up, cleaned up the scene, and the entire ordeal happened in a span of seven hours. I was just going to say, how long did this all happen? But Jesus, mm-hmm. that dude went nuts. How many people was that? Six, five? That was like, yeah, five people in about in seven hours. God damn. So, two and a half weeks passed before he's actually arrested <clears throat> and charged only for the death of the two chopped up men on the mattress. Because they didn't find the rest. Mm-hmm. And this was the 18 months. I, yeah, I don't think they did. So, like, the amount of victims he actually has um, is kind of, like, unknown because he says that there's up to 10. But not all the bodies, like, have They weren't all found, right? Yeah. Um, so, this is the 18 months he spent in jail awaiting trial. But when it finally went to trial, it only lasted two weeks and was thrown out. Due to? Um probably insufficient evidence i would say yeah, i guess yeah 
What a prick. Yeah. So this is where he got his job back and started living in the trail trailer. Okay, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Sue just killed five people and he got his job back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he was innocent. Quotes. You can't see me. Innocent people. until proven guilty. And he yeah, I guess. wasn't proven guilty. I mean, in theory, it's a pretty good company to hire somebody like that and trust them. But bad call on this this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, fuck. Um, so, after this, Joe lured two more women, Kathy Spicer and Kathy Mag- Magaziner, um, one with a K and one with a C. Uh, again, he described them as crack whores, um, and he lured them to his trailer. So, at this point, like, he seemed to kill those other people for an angry reason. Mm-hmm. These ones, he's just like, I just want to kill people. I think so. Okay. I don't think they had it. There's no indication to show it had any relation to do with his child being taken away and his wife. I think before he was kind of like saying that was the reason, but I think he just like snapped. Yeah. Um, it's a little off topic. Do we know what happened to his son? No. All right. And I did try to look up a couple of people to be like, where are they now? Yeah. Such as Rita. Like, I was really excited for that. So I was, like, Googling her and, like, trying to find her on Facebook and, like, <laughs> and all this. I found, I did, I did have um, one thing I found on her a few years later, which I'll get to. But other than that, I couldn't find anything. I was really hoping for, like, a heartwarming story, though, where she, like, cleaned up her life and then, like, started, like, being a victim's rights activist. But I just couldn't find it. All right. So she might have done that. You never know. I hope so. She might be dead. That was dark. Well, it's a dark episode. Yeah, okay. Way to make it darker, though. Thanks. What's well, uh, one more body on this pile? Rude. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. I hope she's alive and well. Thank you. Um. Anyways, so after killing them, he butchered their bodies, putting meat from their bodies into Tupperware containers... Oh, I was right about the Sweeney Todd thing. it in his freezer, yes. <laughs> he buried the rest of the remains nearby in the woods and shallow graves. So Joe is also known as the cannibal because Joe's little roadside stand featured a limited quantity special ingredient of human meat mixed with pork and beef. He claimed that the human body tastes similar to pork, and if you mix it in, no one can tell the difference. The business was going pretty well for him, so when he ran out of the special meat, that's when he brought Rita Kemper to his trailer, and her escape ultimately led to his arrest. So, if you've listened to any previous podcasts... Mm -hmm. I claim about wanting to try human flesh. <laughs> you might have already. <laughs> Maybe I have. Yeah. I mean, with like Picton selling all that pork from the people, you know. Yeah, but that's ingested. It's not. Yeah, but you think people were happy about eating those pigs that had eaten people? No, but it's still, it's not the same as actually eating it yourself. Definitely not. So. But we were right about pork. According to this, yeah. All right. Um, in his confession on Murderpedia, it ends with, well, that's my story. Horrible, but true. So next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, make sure you think about the story before you take a bite of that sandwich. Sometimes you never know who you may be eating. Ha ha. With exclamation points. (laughs) See, I wouldn't want to eat that. 
because it's already mixed mixed in with the pork. I want just like a steak of human. <laughs> <laughs> Given like not in a terrible way. Okay. No murder. Just like, hey, we have this extra human steak. Do you want to try it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Just a bite. All right. <laughs> can people get mad cow disease from that? Uh, you can get like a form of like encephalitis from eating the brain. How did cows, didn't cows get mad cow disease from eating other cow? I'm pretty sure mad cow disease is just like a form of encephalitis. Oh, okay. Like your brain gets mushy, right? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like that brain on fire chick. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's pretty famous. You should look it up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think it's for the show, maybe. Maybe. It's all the research I have time for. (laughs) Um, so in total, he claims to have murdered up to 10 people, but not all of them have been proven in court. Um, either have his cannibal claims. So wait, let's count what you talked about. Because you only talked about There's only seven, right? Uh, five, eight, or seven plus Rita. Yeah. But she didn't get murdered. Yeah. But he says 10, so. So there's three others that there... nobody knows about. Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe more. Apparently, he asked to be executed at his trial, and he did receive the death sentence, but it was overturned in 2000. Um, his body, however, was found in a cell in 2017, and he was 62 years old when he died. Did you say what's where this happened? Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland. Mm-hmm. I don't think you mentioned that before. I did. Oh, my bad. It was the very first word I said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I missed it. Um. In a 1997 article from the Baltimore Sun, Rita called him a man that could that you could see evil in, stating that she feared she was going to die that night. Um, I don't know what I wrote here. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought I did it word for word. Uh, that night, their friendship went soup, and he demanded sex. I don't what- South. South. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she called him by his nickname, which was Tiny, and she, and she said he told her that she could scream as loud as she wanted to, and knew that he was going to it wasn't going to let her out alive. So, um, she said I wasn't going to let this man take my life from me without a fight because she's like fucking badass. Um, go read it. Go. Yeah. Chicks who fight. And then after that, she cleaned her life up. Yeah. And, and she then, adopted his son or child. I don't remember if you said it was a boy or not. Son. I feel like you did, yeah. And that's the story of Joe Matheny, the cannibal. I digged it. Yeah. I had never actually heard of that one before. No, where did you find out about it? Because you were so excited when you learned about it. Um, It was like, I want to say a BuzzFeed article or like a Ranker article or just basically like one of those bullet point articles Some bullshit clickbait that you yeah. clicked on that turned out to be good yeah except <laughs> it was like the only good thing in it. it like it wasn't even a murder one it was just like here's a random fact <laughs> like that's a decent random fact yeah. it's, i think on those it was something like awful. weird facts that turned out to be true <laughs> there was once a cannibal in maryland <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right mm. baltimore you said right mm-hmm. that is a rough city is it yeah I figured because it was near D.C. that it was like presidential campaigns. 
DC is a pretty rough city too. Is it? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> well then. All right. So red pandas use their bushy tails as blankets. Adorable. Aw. Those things look more like raccoons to me, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like red pandas, trash pandas, same thing. Yeah. Um, squirrels will adopt orphan squirrels. Uh, mm-hmm. Also adorable. Yeah. There are reports of dolphins saving drowning humans and animals. We all know that. Yeah, but it's nice to think about. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> There's a prison in Washington that has a cuddly cats program that pairs feral cats on a kitty cat death row with um, large correction center inmates. So two inmates named Joseph and Joey were given a cat named Princess Natalie after passing extensive screening tests. Princess Natalie wasn't getting along with the other cats and was on her way to be euthanized. Um, they literally rescued her from death, said a spokesperson for Cuddly Cats. Because of the attention and care the inmates gave Princess Natalie, her behavior problems improved, and now she's they'll, they'll continue to care for her until she's adopted. Um, what did the guys do to get into prison? Didn't look in that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joey says that uh, the cat also has changed their life, stating that animals bring out the best in people. Um, and there are similar programs like this throughout the United States, Canada, and Australia. I'm from Canada. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. I like to hear about cats and prisoners saving each other, dogs. I mean, it's good to like think that like that prison's actually helping people. Like, uh, what's the fucking word? Assimilate. Nope. No. Recover. Nope. We kind of recover, but like. There's a word. You know the word. Nope. <laughs> you know the word I'm trying to say. You know there. You know there is a word. I don't know, but like this, this shit I was looking up. Rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. Yes. There you go. Like that's what you want it to do. But I'm like always worried. Like with the just with this case, it made me not like what oh. was going on in his prison. Oh yeah, because they will get to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's got a real dark case, guys. And you're going to... I don't like this guy at all. I'm just going to get it out front. I'm not going to try and trick you and say, oh, you got to feel bad for this guy. Because I did. I first started doing the research. I felt bad for him. Really? Then he can go fuck himself. (laughs) Let's talk about him. Okay. Did you not know the story prior? Is that why you felt bad for him? I knew the story. I knew what he did. Okay. But I never read the details. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ed Kemper. Edmund Kemper. No relation to badass chick Rita Kemper. No relation that we know of. <laughs> they might. <laughs> we don't know. Um, also known as the co-ed killer or the co-ed butcher. Co-ed killer is the better title in my opinion. And that's what I'm more familiar with. I think that's what everybody is. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me pour some more beer here. All right, Ed Kemper. Um, I guess I could do it like you and start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or no, you started in the middle. I started in the middle. I no, I started at the beginning, but then I made it to the middle, 
And then I threw back to the beginning again because record scratch. <laughs> Bet you're wondering how I got here. Ridiculous. Um, okay, well, Kemper, Ed Kemper, was born December 18th, 1948 in Burbank, California. He is also six foot nine. So he's fucking huge. These are all just nothing details, but I wrote them down, so I'm reading them. Uh, he's also in prison for life in California Medical Facility right now, which is a state prison. Sounds like a hospital because it's called California Medical Facility, but it's a prison. He's alive? He is alive and well. I didn't know that. Yep. For some reason, I just thought he had died at some point. I wonder if he's seen Mindhunter. Do you think they have television there? I don't know. Hmm. Like, do they have Netflix? Probably not. Probably not. They have to watch the commercials. That's part of the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> no cuddly cats program for you, Ed Kemper. <laughs> no, he could probably get it. They fucking love him. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Um, this is kind of an overview, and I go into detail more later. I guess I could just do the overview and then detail it. Well, he blames everything on his abusive mother, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's not right. I wrote his... No, never mind. He was very close with his father growing up, but his parents divorced, and he was forced to move to Montana with his alcoholic mother. Hmm. Um, Moms, am I right? <laughs> I love my mom. <laughs> I don't know. You love your mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his father was a World War II vet. He also, after the war, he tested atomic bombs and said the suicide missions in wartime and later atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with her. Talking about the mother. Ooh. That's how horrible of a person she was. Her name was Clarnell, I guess. C-L-A-R-N-E-L-L. Clarnell. First name, last name? That's her first name. Oh, that's not a name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. Not um, speak ill of the dead or anything. Meh. Yeah, I guess. Uh, she mentally abused him growing up. She liked to humiliate him. That was one of her favorite things, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she liked to call him, in quotes, a real weirdo. Also would often tell him that no woman will ever love him. Oh, that's so sad, actually. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't a good person. Yeah. Can you imagine saying that to your child, though? Like, no woman will ever love you. I mean, I've been thinking about this. Maybe she saw what he was. Oh. Even from a young age. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, you'll get into his young age, right? Uh, Yeah, okay. right now. Okay. <laughs> when he was 10, he was forced to sleep in the locked basement because uh, his daughters, or well, her daughters slept upstairs in a normal his place. His sisters? Yes. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> his mother's daughters. <laughs> yeah, her daughters, his siblings. Record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> well, I tortured a cat. <laughs> no big deal. But yeah, that's the next fact. Ed started to torture and kill cats and other animals. 
He also invented a game called Gas Chamber and Electric Chair. Care to elaborate? That's all I got. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound fun. Interesting. So, like, maybe his mom just saw. Yeah. After their third family cat went missing, like, <laughs> gotta keep these fuckers away from. Um, but I was watching like some shit with him talking. Go check that shit out too. It's on YouTube. Just watch Ed talk. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? He was talking about. He played. Oh yeah. Um. When he was forced to sleep in the basement and they were upstairs. Yeah. He felt like that he was being forced to hell and they'd got to be in heaven just based on the the levels at that young age. Yeah. That's what he was thinking. Um, At 14, he bailed, ran away, moved to L.A. where he found his father. But his father had remarried and had a stepson. And uh, his dad wasn't really into him. So he sent them to live with his grandparents, paternal grandparents, Mm -hmm. in North Fork, California on a ranch. Sounds pleasant, right? Yeah. Other than getting pushed away from your father but daddy i love you (laughs) go son uh ed turned 15 eventually august (laughs) like most kids do (laughs) august 1964 at 15 kemper had an argument with his grandmother uh so he murdered her Mm -hmm. From what I understand, she also emasculated him over time as well, as well as her, his grandfather. Uh, could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, the fuck, I can't read this. Um, and then, yeah, he killed his grandfather, too, because he didn't want him to suffer the loss of his wife, I guess. Yeah. How fucked up is that, though? Fucking Ed. His grandfather's his only male victim isn't he uh yep Mm. cool i'm all off now okay anyway um after he murdered these people he called his mom which seems like a strange call right since he hated her yeah but if you've just killed the only family that you have other than your mom like what other constant do you have in your life i guess so so uh, she told him to call the police, and he did. Uh, he just waited there for the police to show up. And then when they asked him why he did it, he said, in quotes, just wanted to see what it felt like to kill grandma. Mm-hmm. That's uh, some sociopathic, well, no, psychopathic shit. Off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you hear about that kid that shot his grandma and then killed himself recently because she asked him to clean his room? I feel like I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah. I was just reading about it and then, but the grandfather was like there to witness it all. And then, so I'm like, did the kid really do it or did the grandpa do it? And I'm like, but I don't want to accuse the grandpa without knowing the facts. So (laughs) you just had a man arrested due to this podcast. (laughs) I just blew the top right off it. (laughs) (laughs) He was innocent. You just ruined his life. (laughs) Here he lost his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of this, he got... I don't know what this word is. A-T-A-C-S-C. No. A-T-A-S-C-A-R. Can I see it? A-T-S-C-A-D-E-R. State Hospital. Okay. Atascadar. 
doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's for the you can look it up. Insane. It's a pretty famous case. <laughs> it's for the criminally insane, mm-hmm. and they considered him a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. Interesting. Why? Like, how, other than that, like that felt like to kill grandma. What evidence do they have to do that? Did he act a certain way to make them? come up with that diagnosis or did they just go with well he might have just like played it off and pretended to be because mm-hmm. he's really fucking smart yeah what's his iq again i didn't get that but he's fucking smart i feel I like it's like that. i want to say 180 but i feel like that's too high what was uh what was uh ted kaczynski's it that was pretty fucking high it was wasn't it Um, okay, you look it up. I'm going to keep reading. Mm-hmm. He stayed there until his 21st birthday in December of 1969 um, because he convinced the doctors that he was better. Higher than 145. I feel like Ted's was like 168. Yeah, I think Ted was higher. Also didn't kill as many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, he's convinced these people that he was sane and ready to be released back yeah. into society. He knew he wasn't. He's just fucking too smart. And he was released into his mother's custody again. Brilliant. Yeah, great woman. The woman who created him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he tried to live a normal life after that. He took classes at a junior college. He even tried to become a state trooper. But because of his being six foot nine and 300 pounds that they disqualified him immediately you know his murders didn't disqualify him <laughs> he was recovered he still murdered someone yeah but he's... if you've smoked weed you can't get him to their cmp like really like they I mean, probably now, well, maybe right? now but <laughs> before they do like extensive like search and but that's the whole point of like you're supposed to be able to go to prison and come out a Reformed. changed person yeah, yeah. it worked not in this case but that's what it's supposed to do he wasn't really in prison though he was more in like a psychiatric hospital yeah so then if he's found mentally sane they should be able to he should be able to go on living a normal life right not as a state trooper not with uh, someone who has a gun (laughs) like a governmently funded gun (laughs) That's a story. I was watching some shit on YouTube about him. Like, he's telling this story. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the cops found out that he had a forty-four Magnum. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's a felon. I'm going to go take this gun from him. He's not allowed to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, Little did they know, he had a twenty-two under his seat. The forty-four was in his trunk. And there was a rifle in his closet. Mm -hmm. Along with... Oh, I probably shouldn't be telling this. It doesn't matter. You know, we killed people. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. In the closet, there was like purses and identification of the people he killed. Yeah. And so he was walking into the into his room to get the, the 44 that he thought was in his room, but it was in his trunk. Mm-hmm. And the closet was open. The rifle was there. All the evidence was there. If the cops went in, he would have been caught and arrested immediately. So he just didn't care really. But he did because he realized his mistake as he walked in and the cop was behind him. He's like, oh, no, wait, I just remembered something. And he pointed to the car and they turned around and the cop was like, yeah, this guy's being great and so helpful. <laughs> so he pulled the 44 out of the trunk and gave it to him. That was that. What a delightful young man. Smart. 
but he's an asshole. Um, he also spent, because he got disqualified, back to the story, mm-hmm. got disqualified from being a state trooper. He uh, still liked to hang around cops, and he'd hang around at cop bars and uh, annoy them all day and night, basically. <laughs> he even called himself a... Oh, I don't remember the exact term, but he was a nuisance. And he did that on purpose, because if, if all the cops know him, then uh, as just a guy who's interested in being a cop... It's just crazy Ed. Yeah, exactly. He didn't do anything. That's just crazy Ed. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he could... He moved out of his mother's house as soon as he could afford it because they fought constantly. So that's good. Okay. He's bringing himself up. But then he immediately realized he couldn't suppress his urge to kill. Mm. <laughs> and he started what he called a trial run, picking up and dropping me off around 150 hitchhikers over, I don't know how long, a while. Mm-hmm. Just like he got really good at it. Like he could persuade people to get into his car even if they were a little wary of him can you imagine being all those people afterwards after all this has come to light who's realized that they got picked up by ed camper at some point there's one story he told uh-huh. like in one of the videos he picked up these two girls and uh they wanted to go to this college or something he said yeah i can get you there no problem mm-hmm. he had no intent to kill them he just wanted like he was trying to, at this point, trying to see if he could stop himself from being a killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they get to this intersection, basically, and they say, we have to go that way. And the, the real way to actually get to the college was the other way. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to explain to them that it's the other way. Like, mm-hmm. he's trying to help them. <laughs> and the other the I'm way... I'm just th- trying to be a nice guy. <laughs> the way they wanted to go, he knew there was a spot up there where he had killed two women before and that if the, he had turned the way they wanted them to go he would have done he it he would have done it but he's like you just have to trust me we're gonna go this way and you're gonna get there and they're freaking out they think they're gonna die because this is in the heart <laughs> of this spree of killings in santa cruz yeah and then he drops them off and they're free to go but if those people know that story those two women yeah they were this close to dying because of they're them wanting to go this way instead of that way. Yeah. Well, he's extremely recognizable. So I'm sure once he was on the news, people were like, oh, my exactly. God. He's fucking six foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> the car just seemed so tiny when he was in it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, his murder spree began in May of 1972 and spanned like about a year. Uh, they were all young females. We all know that. Oh, maybe you don't. <laughs> I guess. You know that. I know that. <laughs> you have to. You have to tell the stories if you're not telling it to me that you're telling it to yeah, strangers. Yeah, I know. That's why. That's why I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I won't go into that. I'll just detail that later. Not everyone sings murder, murder, murder while they're in the shower. <laughs> you shouldn't be singing that, Katie. Oh. How do you know about so many murderers? I, oh, it's because of listening to that podcast. Yeah, I listen to a lot. Of, and not just my favorite murder. Like, I watch a lot of true crime shows. And I don't know. You're a spooky girl. I'm a spooky girl. I think <laughs> I think they're like a lot of the people that I know who are interested in murder are people with anxiety. So it might just be like a 
hey, I'm terrified of these things. So if I surround myself with it, it's less scary. Like the more you know about it, right? The more you can avoid it. <laughs> I guess. Don't hitchhike. Yeah, I would never hitchhike. I picked up a hitchhiker before, though. Oh, bold move. Yeah. Well, Michael was driving and I said, hey, we should pick that guy up. And oh, he, so it wasn't just you. Yeah. And he was like, <laughs> I thought you didn't like pick up hitchhikers. Why do you want to pick that guy up? And I'm like, he's reading a book. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think he's going to murder us. That's exactly what Ed Kemper would do before he murdered <laughs> <him>. <laughs> Who names their kid Edmund? Edmund. Edmund? Edmund Kemper. That's an okay name. Edward is the proper name for Ed. Edmund's a name. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's I a... I guess it's a name. Uh, I'm pretty sure my grandpa's name was Edmund. I think he Sorry was... Sorry to break it to you. Your grandpa's name Something sucked. Archibald... Archibald. Edmund MacArthur. That is some serious old school names. Yeah. John... John... It was John Edmund... No. John Archibald Edmund Jonathan. MacArthur. He's got like a thousand names. One of those guys. But he's Jack. Papa Jack. All right. Shout out to my grandpa. We love you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get dark again. Uh. Mary Ann Pesci, I guess her name is, and Anita Lucessa. Okay. Let's talk about them. Let's hear it. May 7th, 1972. Oh, no. These two 18-year-old girls were hitchhiking in Berkeley looking for a ride to Stanford University. Okay. Camper picked them up and uh, somehow managed to confuse them and drive the complete wrong direction from where they wanted to go. Okay. He then drove to a secluded wooded area and he just planned on raping them. He didn't want to murder at that point. But he learned in the prisoners, whatever he was in before, Mm -hmm. that you can't leave witnesses oh <laughs> that's what serial rapist taught him in prison that's great <laughs> yeah um so he handcuffed pesci and locked uh i'll just use their first names because i can't really say them he handcuffed mary and locked uh anita in the trunk of the car okay uh this is a quote from kemper I wrote down he uh brushed the back of his hand against one of her breasts and it embarrassed me. I'll say that like he said it. Brushed the back of his hand against one of her breasts and it embarrassed me. So like he was about to rape and murder these girls. But he was embarrassed by her boobs? But he was so fucked up in the head with women. Yeah. Because of his mom I guess. Yeah. That just the fact that he touched her that he was like oh I shouldn't have done that. He even said whoops I'm sorry. <laughs> he apologized her in the middle of raping her yeah. yeah exactly he then tried to strangle her to death mm-hmm. but it was too hard so he stabbed her okay and then pretty much right after did the same thing to anita and yeah this whole thing was just kind of a whole fucking like he should have got caught he mm-hmm. did such a shitty job at this because it was just Spur of the moment, first time doing it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, one of the things he said is three people should have caught him during this whole thing, and somehow they didn't. He said they were afraid and just ignored it. Really? He didn't go into detail on it, but I feel like, does that mean, like, three cars drove by, 
Where, yeah. Like, some people were hiking in these woods. What the fuck happened? And they were just like, nope, not today. There's a dude with blood all over him. No big deal. I don't know, but he didn't go into detail, but Jesus. Yeah, that's fucked up. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's why you got to watch these YouTube things. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. He then put the bodies in the trunk and drove to his apartment. On the way, the police pulled him over mm-hmm. for a broken tail light. Didn't get caught then either. Mm-hmm. Um, so the roommate wasn't home, so he decided to take pictures of them uh, and then raped the bodies mm-hmm. and then dismembered them mm-hmm. and abandoned them near Loma Prieto Mountain. He hasn't kept the heads at all at this point? Um, it didn't say it did yet okay. in this part. Uh, but he cut them off and he threw them into the ravine. Yeah, I wrote that down. Okay. After he had sex with them. Just the heads. He fucked the bodies and then the heads. He's a skull fucker. Yeah. Ugh. It's uh, not pleasant. No. Uh, Marianne's skull was found in August. There was no other remains ever found of those two. Mm. Yeah. All right, this next one is the one that made me stop doing research for several days because it really bummed me out. I mean, I think this whole thing was bumming me out, but this is where I had to stop. Her name was Aku Ku. She was Korean. I don't know if that's how you say it. Okay, Aku. Yes. I don't know how to pronounce it either. It's probably Aku, though. Yeah. She was 15-year-old Korean dance student. The date was September 14th, 1972. And after missing a bus, she decided to hitchhike to her dance class. Same thing. He drove her to a remote area. But this time he pulled a gun on her. And, like, for some reason he got out of the car mm-hmm. with the gun in the car to maybe go around and get her. I don't know. But he locked himself out of the car <laughs> with the gun in the car. So Aku could have been fine, right? She could have yeah. killed the fucking guy. She could have drove away. Something. That's what I would have done. But somehow he gained her fucking trust and she let him back in the car. What the fuck, Aku? That really, yeah, that pissed me off. He mm-hmm. then. And that's what really upset you? This whole thing did. Okay. <laughs> Just why are you killing a 15 year old girl? Yeah. Uh, he first choked her unconscious so she wasn't dead, raped her, and then killed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he put the body into his trunk, drove to a bar, and went drinking. Uh, when he left, he said uh, that he went to his car, opened the trunk, and admired his, in quotes, catch like a fisherman. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Ed Kemper, if you're listening, fuck you. <laughs> he might be. No, no, he's going to escape. No, he's not. But he might convince them to let him out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't write it down, but there was some stuff about Aku's mother going to the police and, like, nothing was ever found of her. Mm-hmm. That bummed me out. And that, yeah, that turned me off this whole thing for a long time. For a whole week? Pretty much, yeah. 
Uh, Cindy Shall, 18 okay. years old. January 7th, 1973. Mm-hmm. At this point, Kemper had moved back in with his mother. Mm-hmm. For some reason. Don't know why. Financial hardships. Maybe. I think that's what it was. I'll take your word for it. But I'm not sure. So don't <laughs> quote me on that. Um, he was driving around Cabrillo College when he picked up Cynthia and Shal or Cindy. Same shit. He drove her out to a wooded area. But this time he used his twenty two pistol and shot her. He then didn't do anything in the car to her. Brought her back to his mother's house and put her in the closet. Mom, don't come in my room. I got a girl over. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the next morning when his mom went to work, like he brought her home with the mother home, I guess. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he bring a body, a fully intact body, into a closet with nobody noticing? In high school, one of our mom's friends, uh, like one of our friend's mom was deaf in one year, so we'd always stay at her house so we could sneak out. <laughs> yeah this isn't that case <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying some moms are shitty not shitty but easy to go in well, and other houses the one time i snuck out of my own house um my mom heard the back door creaking and the dog barking and he goes what are you doing i said oh sadie just needs that was my dog at the time just needs to go up for a pee and then she goes stop go back to bed and then i like went back into that but i had already snuck out and was coming back at that point but she'd accidentally uh, locked me out whether she knew i was gone or not <laughs> i don't know i used to just jump out of my window really well my window was on the second floor so <laughs> mine wasn't uh okay his mother went to work in the morning. He then raped the body like he does because mm-hmm. he's fucked. He removed the bullet to lose all evidence, uh, dismembered and decapitated the body in the bathtub. He then threw all the body parts off a cliff except for the head, which he kept for several days, constantly, you know, doing shit to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he buried it in the garden at his mom's house facing up to her bedroom and he would later go on to say in one of these interviews i was watching Mm -hmm. that uh mother always wanted people to look up to her some real fucked up shit going on in that guy's (laughs) head Uh, over the next few weeks after that all the body parts were found except the head and a right hand not sure what happened to the right hand he yeah. posted in the fingering position and <laughs> in the garden buried well. in the garden next to oh, Right hand, though, this one. All right. Next. We got Rosalind Thorpe and Allison Liu. I love the name Rosalind. All right. It's beautiful. You know what name I was thinking of today? Just on names now. <laughs> Beatrix. Okay. And you just go by B. Yeah. I like that name. I know a girl named Brenda. Hi, Brenda. And she just goes by B. That's good. All right. February 5th, 1973. How many murders are we at now? Uh, two, three, four, five, six, I think. You're a, yeah, this is five and six. Not counting the grandparents? Oh. 
eight. This should be eight, right? Yeah. Okay. Seven and eight. Well, during this time with the suspicion of a serial killer running around Santa Cruz, um, students were told to only enter vehicles with a university sticker on them. (laughs) Kemper had this. (laughs) His mom worked at UCSC, so he got a sticker. So they're like, yeah, this guy's good to go. Get in his fucking car. So the... They warned not to get into a car that didn't have that, as if someone couldn't go out there and acquire one yeah. after this piece of information. Exactly. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm really glad that they like took the time to interview him and kind of learn how the mind of a serial killer works so that uh, future really police officers that, yeah. couldn't fuck up as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but still these people, well, Allison was still standoffish, mm-hmm. but as uh, soon she as, should be. as soon as Rosalind got in, she was like, oh, this must oh, be Oh, damn it, Rosalind. And then same shit, except not the same because he didn't take them to a secluded place. He just shot them. Mm. Took them right back or wrapped them in blankets. Didn't even put them in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And, uh, he went back to his mom's house, but this time... He cut off their heads in the car mm-hmm. with everyone to see. He even like says in his interview that if somebody had just walked past their window and looked out, they would have seen him cutting heads off people. Yeah. But like people have car sex all the time and risk yeah. people walking by and seeing. This is a little different than that. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he just, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Uh, he then brought the bodies into the house like he would mm-hmm. and did what you know he did. Yep. He removed the bodies, dismembered them. We already know all that. And uh, did the stuff to the heads. Yeah, and the bodies, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The stuff I don't really like saying anymore. <laughs> Calm down, phone. Um. The bodies or the remains were later found in Eden Canyon and then some on Highway 1, which not our Highway 1. I guess America has a Highway 1 too, probably. We have a Highway 1? The Trans-Canada Highway is Highway 1. That's the Trans-Canada Highway. It's not Highway 1. It is Highway 1 though. It's the Trans-Canada. Look at a sign. It'll say Highway 1. Trans-Canada. Yes, that too. <laughs> um, When he was later questioned about why he was removing the heads he said oh this is a really long quote the head trip fantasies were a bit like a trophy you know the head is where everything is at the brain eyes mouth that's the person i remember being told as a kid you cut off the head and the body dies the body is nothing after the head is cut off well that's not quite true there's a lot left in a girl's body without the head. Up until that point, I was like, that's kind of deep. <laughs> but really, he just... And then it got dark. Fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about it that way, where it's like the head, the eyes, the mouth, the brain. Like, yeah, that's like a really deep quote. And then it gets gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really takes a turn there. Yeah. A sharp left turn. All right, so we're at eight. Okay. 
He killed 10 people. Now we're at 9 and 10, and I know who they are. Clarnell Strandberg, Berg, mm-hmm. his mother, and Sally Hallett, his mother's friend. Mm-hmm. April 20th, 1973. Kemper was sleeping. His mother came home from a party, mm-hmm. which woke him up. He went to her room where she was reading a book, and she dismissively said, I suppose you're going to want to sit up and talk all night. Yeah. And he said simply, no, good night. He laid in bed, waited for her to fall asleep, went in there with a claw hammer, and smashed her head in and slit her throat. <laughs> yeah. He then decapitated her. Did you know what he did to his head, to her head, which was his mother, by the way. Yeah, so it's like incest on top of that. Yeah. Uh, after he was done with that, he put it on a shelf and used it as a dartboard. Uh, eventually, which eventually led to him just smashing her face in. He also removed her tongue and larynx and shoved them down the garbage disposal. But the dis- the disposal couldn't break down the vocal cords and a bunch of shit flew back into the sink. Which he said to this later, he said, that seemed appropriate. As much as she'd bitched and screamed and yelled at me over the so many years. So it's like she's still yelling at him through the garbage disposal. Yeah. His mother's definitely the most brutal of all the murders. Oh, yeah. He was proving a point for mm-hmm. sure. Which makes me wonder why he killed the next person. Like, why didn't yeah, he end it there? Yeah, just in there. Uh, he then had sex with her body. Not just her head after that. Before putting it in a closet and going out to drink. When he got home from drinking, he decided to call Sally over for dinner and a movie. Which <laughs> seems weird. Like a Mrs. Robinson thing? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Uh, as soon as she arrived, he strangled her and decapitated her. And he just spent the rest of the evening with the body. It didn't say he raped her. Just said he spent the night with the body. Hmm. So maybe he didn't do that to her. That'd be nice, I guess. He then also put that body in the closet and left a note for the police. Which said, Approximately 5.15am Saturday. No need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep. The way I wanted it. Not sloppy and incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do. That was in reference to his mom's body? Yeah. Because she was asleep? Okay. So, it wasn't like he couldn't have got away with it. He just figured, I got things to do, so I'm just going to leave him here. Okay. Um, After that, he drove all the way from California, where he was at, Mm -hmm. to Pueblo, Colorado. And the whole time he listened to the radio and didn't hear anything about the murderers or the murders. So he decided to go to a pain phone and turn himself in. Hmm. Which, great. He'll stop killing people at least. But they didn't take him seriously. They told him to call back later. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Which he did. (laughs) And he asked to talk to a specific cop that he knew. Yeah. And then... He sat there in his car and waited to be arrested, which he then, oh, he only confessed to those 
two last murders this time. And as soon as he got arrested, he confessed to the other six. Hey, by the way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, this is something I wrote in my phone. I got to check. I wrote down here. It's, uh, I guess, a quote from why he turned himself in. I like how you kind of forget what you write. And then you go, well, I guess this is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's, As if it's the first time you're seeing it, too. This is a quote from when they asked him why he turned himself in. The original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it much longer. Towards the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near collapse... I just said to hell with it and called it all off. Yeah. Fair. But before he turned himself in through the phone, he had considered driving across America murdering people. He could have been like... Like? One of the most prolific serial killers of all time in that case. Well, he still wasn't. I mean, he still is one of the <laughs> most prolific, but he could have been like, um, now names are escaping me. That's all right. But if he went all across, like within different states and never got caught in each state, say, because like a lot of states don't share yeah. information, each state could have their own version of the co-ed killer and then there'd be speculation whether or not they're the same guy. Kind of just like there's different... Hey, was the they would have known it was Kemper because he left the bodies in his mom's house. If They, they would have eventually found them before he made it across America, right? Not if the states are talking to each other. True. But if this, people start noticing, well, maybe they wouldn't notice. Yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, I think there's enough happen. other than it's like good. this... The skull fucking, oh my God. Uh, other than that <laughs> and the dismembering, there's not a lot of consistencies between the murders because he's killed them all a other little than, bit differently. Other than like the victims, they're all similar. Not necessarily. His first two are his grandparents. Then there's... No, not counting those. There's two, five, five that are... Six. Six that are just random co eds. But still, uh, like one was a 15 year old girl of a different um, nationality. But they were all co eds. He was the co ed killer, right? They're all just girls. True. Like, Do you want to know why he targeted these people? Why? Because they all went to universities or colleges. The 15 year old did? Well, she went to a dance school. She wasn't a normal student. Okay. Um, so his mother worked at a university mm-hmm. and she said that no woman would ever love him mm-hmm. and she'd never introduce him to any of her students or i don't think she was a teacher but anybody at the school mm-hmm. so he decided he wasn't killing his mother all these times like a lot of people said he was killing the things his mother loved oh which was college girls basically <laughs> my mom loves co- college girls so it's gone wild <laughs> My mom founded that website. (laughs) Your mom did? Yeah. Okay. Girls Gone Wild. My mom goes down to Daytona Beach every (laughs) spring break with her camera. The guy who made that is a real piece of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, for real. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. While in custody, Kemper tried to commit suicide twice. But on October 23rd, 1973, 
He was deemed sane by psychiatrists, and the trial went ahead. Uh, even Dr. Joel Fort, one of the psychiatrists, used sodium pentothal. You know what that is? True serum. Exactly. And he had Kemper admit to cannibalism. Really? They said that he uh, would cut off strips of flesh from their legs and cook them into casseroles. But Kemper later said this was horseshit and that it never actually happened. The, but he said it under, under the truth serum? Yes. Hmm. But what, what does this stuff really do? Is it really proven to be effective? I don't think so. I don't think it's used in... No, it can't be. Yeah. I, I think it's much like um, lie detector tests, which are yeah not always correct. Exactly. Especially if you're a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, November 8th, 1973, uh, he was declared sane and guilty on all counts. He then requested death by torture. (laughs) He knew he did some rad shit and he wanted to die. But in California during the time, the death penalty was, uh, eliminated. Yeah. But like, I guess it came back eventually. I don't think it's there now though. Mm -mm. He got seven years to life for every murder. And was sentenced, like I said earlier, to California Medical Facility. Hmm. Now in prison, he's a model fucking inmate. Of course he is. <laughs> Fuck you, Ed Kemper. He is in charge of scheduling other inmates' appointments with psychiatrists. He's apparently a great craftsman of ceramic cups. Hmm. He has also recorded over 5,000 hours of books on tape for the blind. What? <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me I can go onto Audible right now and listen to old Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking weird, right? All right. You know, there's like an entire niche of people that are out there looking up Ed Kemper audiobooks, of course, right? Yeah. It's not for the blind. It's luckily for us, he's had a shitload of chances at parole. And he could probably get away with it, right? He could get out based I don't on think all this so. shit he's doing. And he's every fucking everybody fucking loves him. This isn't the seventies. You can't just be like, I'm okay now and be let out. No. But he's sane and he's doing good. Yeah, but just because you're like your guards at the prison like you doesn't mean the rest of the country does. But I think the only reason that he's not getting out is he's telling them he's not fit to return to society really i feel like that's the because case. i flat out could tell you he's not fit for <laughs> to return to society uh, um he a lot of his parole board things he's either just refused to go or when he does go he tells him he's not ready to go back um last one was in 2017 yeah he wasn't interested in going his next eligibility is in 2024 and we'll see what happens to be continued. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of a piece of shit who murdered a bunch of people. Fuck you, Ed Kemper. Mm-hmm. Unless the, it's the year 2024 and you're out, then hi. <laughs> Don't How get in are this car. you? I mean, he's super fucking old now. Yeah. He's still six foot nine. Yeah. <laughs> You'll notice him. <laughs> I'm like, nah. Anyway, that story really bummed me out. Yeah, a lot. It's pretty dark. Stop raping bodies and killing people. Yeah, it's fuck. I mean, your mom was a piece of shit. 
come on. But that's just from his perspective too. Exactly. Maybe she gave him candy every single day, and then he just made up the story that. Or she maybe was a piece everything of shit. she was doing was right. Yeah. It's like maybe he was gonna murder his sisters. Oh, you left out that he tortured their cats. I didn't. You didn't. No, I said that he used to play gas chamber, oh, and yeah. electric chair, and murder cats. Yeah, but you left out the part where he killed one of the cats because he thought it favored his sister. Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like, it, I think it was the second cat that he killed. He was like, this cat favors my sister, so I'm going to kill it. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather him kill cats than people. I would rather him not kill cats. I hope but he does not he get in the choose. Cuddly Cats program. Yeah. No don't make me choose between animals and people. You're one of those, eh? Just don't make me do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's cheer things up again. We were teasing it in the beginning. And we're going to talk about it now. So we've got a story from a listener. His name is Craig. Just Craig. What up, Craig? Yeah. He's like the Madonna or the sharer of stories. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Craig originally submitted this story to Dark Poutine. So if they ever end up using it so sorry but beat you to the punch (laughs) Uh, and i'm just about to start listening to that podcast so what's it about Uh, i think it's true crime Mm, that's fun yeah i'm really excited you're you're really into that yeah um so yeah are you ready i'm ready so craig says um up until the last few months i've kept my encounter to myself ridicule from friend from (laughs) ridicule from friends way back when it happened kind of helped with that i don't know why anyone would ridicule him like who would ridicule you for you're not a guy you bust balls that's what we do really because if someone told me a story like this i'd be like tell me more yeah and then i'd bust your balls about it really yeah okay i bust your balls sometimes you don't seem like you're into it like normal men are do men usually get really upset about it no what do i do sometimes you get a little i mean not upset I just don't know if you take it as well as other people do. Do I maybe just not realize it's busting balls? Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, why are you being a dick? It doesn't Rude. matter. We got a really good story. Let's keep talking. <laughs> um, anyways, he goes, the Sasquatch encounter. Uh, he claims it wasn't very ex- exciting, which uh, is bullshit. I was fucking excited. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I've spent some time with my son today and we went over the event. I'll give you a little history too. I first became aware of Sasquatch after watching The Legend of Boggy Creek at the theater and it came out in the 70s. After that, it didn't pop into my mind into my mind much at all. I kind of filed it away as a scary creature on a movie. Our encounter happened about 15 or 16 years ago. I have always been an avid outdoors guy, not a hunter, just love the bush. Don't we all, Craig? <laughs> jesus all right i spent any possible free time in the forest i loved vancouver island for that back then not only did we live on the edge of the wilderness but in less than 30 minutes we could be far away from civilization i had been divorced a couple of years and on the weekends i had my kids we were off into the bush exploring 
on this particular weekend, it was my son and I. He was about 10 or 11. I came home from work on Friday night, and as per usual, we had our little Pathfinder packed and ready to go. Our usual plans were to head north on the highway until we found a forest road we hadn't been on, and off we'd go. You good? You're killing it. Yeah. <laughs> On this Friday night, we managed to get a little north of Campbell River before cutting into the interior roads. Friday night, we found a cool place to camp beside a nice little stream. The next morning, we were off for a day of exploring. No particular destination, just heading down the island exploring roads and pathways we hadn't gone before. By evening, we found ourselves by Lake Cowichan. What up, Cowichan? Grew up there. <laughs> the 749. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. We found ourselves a small path that we could just squeeze the little pathfinder through and we're surprised to find a quiet little clearing by the lake. We set up camp and had some hot dogs and decided to go for a bit. When he says lake, does he mean Lake Couchin? Probably. That must mean that, Couchin right? Lake. Yeah. Um, anyway, hot dogs. <laughs> he had some hot dogs and decided to go for a bit of a wander before crashing. Yes. I'm not sure what time it was, but the sun was setting. We decided to head back up the trail a couple hundred feet or so um, to a break in the bush where my son was sure there was another trail. I was a little on edge since we'd set up camp. Let's just say my spider senses were tingling. Good reference. <laughs> I put it off to pause. Uh, to possibly a bear or a cougar in the area and slipped my knife into my belt. I should point out that up until the last couple of years, I had never owned a gun or even fired one. Mm-hmm. I, that just surprises me. Why? <laughs> I just thought everyone had guns. <laughs> you don't have a gun. No, but all the men that I know do. Fair enough. I have to go get my pal soon. That's unrelated. On a tangent. What's pal mean? Uh, possession and... Acquisition, acquisition license. Acquisition license, yeah. Good job. Cool. I finally got my pal a couple of years back. Yeah. Good job, dude. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, but that was mainly just to try and keep the coyotes away from our turkeys. That's because he doesn't live on the island anymore. There's no coyotes here. Yeah, true. Also, <clears throat> cool that he has turkeys. Yeah, give us some turkey, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's just cool. We like Craig. Um, I like Craig a lot. I have packed it along into the backcountry a couple times, but since reverted back to my knife and bear spray. Fair. Yeah. That's all you really need. We wandered back up the trail with my son. Um, Talking 100 miles a minute. Yeah. Like he always did on these little adventures. He came to a little off trail and headed up it. After about 50 feet, the dense brush opened up to a stand of fir trees that headed back down to the lake. All the trees were very mature and very few lower branches obstructing our view of the lake. Um, for those of you who don't live on Vancouver Island, it's it's very common for our trees to be huge. <laughs> and for the... And dense. And dense, yeah. But this is good. Yeah. Like, he's good at writing this, too, because I can picture it. Yeah, he's describing... Yeah. the island pretty he's, to the t he's killing it mm -hmm. um i was wandering in behind my son enjoying the view of the water when i almost tripped over him he had stopped dead in his tracks and was frozen still and quiet i looked down at him and he was staring off towards the lake he then whispered what is that 
I followed his gaze down to the water and there was a silhouette of something about four feet wide with its head with a head with its back to us because of the twilight and being in the forest. I couldn't make out exactly what it was. I will tell you though, my blood ran cold four feet wide. That's pretty big. That's fucking huge. That's almost as big as me. (laughs) (laughs) Wide though. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Same. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Anyway. Through all my years of exploring the forest, I have never come across anything that sent this feeling through me. Fear swept through my entire body as I began to tremble. I don't know why I said what I did, but I whispered to my son, that's a stump. Let's just get back to camp. He, of course, responded, that's no stump. Just like like Han Solo saying, that's no moon. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got from that. (laughs) The thing then began to stand oh, up. Oh, wait. It was Obi-Wan Kenobi who said it. Oh. My bad. I, had to, I couldn't let that go. <laughs> <laughs> the thing then began to stand up. We were frozen in place. We thought it was huge before, but when it stood up, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. The thing was huge, easily nine feet tall, almost as tall as Ed Kemper. <laughs> Just kidding. And as wide as a sheet of plywood, it was clearly hair covered, had a barreled chest and long arms. It turned to look at us. Its whole upper body turned as if it had a stiff neck. It looked at us for a few seconds, blew some air out from between its lips, making a sort of snorting sound. It then turned to its right and walked almost casually off into the denser forest, never looking back. My son and I stood speechless for several minutes when he finally said, Holy shit. First time I ever heard him swear. That was a big foot. Holy shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> By the way, the first time I swore in front of, the, front of my mother, I said the word ass. My lips went numb and I literally ran to the top of the stairs and just waited until she called me back. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> After regaining our composure, she headed back to the camp. We headed back to the camp. My mom is on my mind. I suggested we pack and leave. He, however, would have none of that. So we compromised and threw our sleeping bags in the back of the Pathfinder and spent an uncomfortable night. His kid's pretty brave. Yep. He, of course, slept like a baby. Me, however, that was a different story. I thought I had convinced myself that if it meant us harm, we'd be dead. However, I don't think I got any sleep that night. Um, Nothing else happened on our little adventure. We did arrive back home in Langford a little earlier than usual, though. I've done a lot of research since then and believe I've had a couple more strange occurrences that may be be Sasquatch-related, but as I didn't see one, I can't be sure. Uh, With that, if you want to, like, just give us brief details on those other encounters that you might have had, we'd be happy to read about them, too. Because, like, then we can all just decipher what maybe happened. We should. Well, now that I know this happened in Lake Couch and I want to go Sasquatch hunting. I mean, we're going to do that anyway, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> this whole experience changed me considerably as a person. I no longer laugh or dismiss people's stories about strange, about the strange and unusual. Yes, some seem like crazy talk, but a lot of people truly believe what they're saying as 
such, I believe something happened to them and just log their story anyway. It's interesting how oh, wait, not anyway. many similarities. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Between these stories come up over time. And thank you so much, Craig, for thank sharing that story with us. so much, Craig. Mm-hmm. You really like brighten, brighten my life. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. And you'll get some nice stickers coming in the mail. Swag. Yep. Swag. <laughs> and anyone who sends us stories in the future, you guys can have some stickers too. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So again, email us at Sasquatch Ate My Baby or you can contact us on Facebook. Um, the Facebook messages go to both me and Dave. So one of us are likely to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Instagram. Yep. It's pretty easy to get a hold of us on social media. Yeah, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. Email just direct though. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. If that's what you choose to do. And we get notifications for that one too. We don't have to like log into our apps. Exactly. So. Yep. Uh, We got anything else? No, that, I think that definitely brought up the mood. It brought me back. Yeah. (laughs) Things were dark and now they're good again. Now that Sasquatch is real. (laughs) Yes. My dad's friend. So it was, uh, it was, I think it was the year before we graduated, maybe the year or the year within like the first couple of years before we graduated, mm-hmm. one of my dad's friends was out uh, on the road towards Renfrew. Um, I don't yep. I have no idea what he was doing out there. <laughs> Hunting. Yeah. Um, but it was around grad time and he saw a Sasquatch and he like was, this guy's like pretty intense. Like he's a really intense dude. And he was so sure that he saw a Sasquatch and he told my dad all about it. And he went back and he took pictures of footprints of where he saw it and everything. <laughs> and then about a couple of days later, we found out that the grads were actually out there and one of them was in a gorilla suit. But my dad had actually taken me out there to see the Sasquatch <laughs> footprints. And there was legit like some footprints in the exact spot that he saw them in the... Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was Sasquatch. <laughs> that was really sad that it turned out to be the grads and but maybe it was just a coincidence that there was a guy in a monkey suit and it was yeah all of a sudden we get like the grads of like 2007 and 2006 writing and be like that wasn't us dude (laughs) (laughs) what monkey suit (laughs) that'd be awesome but yeah no i'm excited now all right thank you again craig um and again go check out brad reef on instagram if you want to buy any pictures Mm -hmm. or paintings whatever you call them Mm -hmm. and i think that's that All right. Bye, friends.